It is Monday on Daily Delivery. I am back from my epic driving tour of all of South Dakota, parts of Western Minnesota as well, out to the Black Hills with the family. Patrick Royce is uh, is with me here and can attest to uh, to how far that is out there because I believe, Patrick, you've probably been there at some point in your life. If you, you can't grow up where you grew up and not have gone to, uh, not have done, done the Black Hills tour. We're used to flat roads down there where I come from, but when you get in South Dakota, man, it's unbelievable. It, whoop, straight shot for uh, hundreds of miles. Uh, pheasant country down there. I don't know. It's not what it used to be, but uh, it used to be great pheasant country down there. The first when you first get over the border and Aberdeen and the Aberdeen baseball team was always traditionally called the pheasants. Is that right? Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's uh it's a uh, it's a long route out there to south to, uh, to the Black Hills, but they are uh, very uh, interesting. Are your are your kids old enough to uh, the oldest one might know who some of those guys are, but uh, the rest of them are probably uh, not not too informed. Huh? Yeah, at Mount Rushmore, she she could she could understand. She knew who the presidents were, although she uh, she <laughs> looked at the she looked at the monument. This is my nine year old. She looked at the monument, and I think it's. I think it's uh, I think it's Roosevelt that's kind of got the it's kind of more in profile. And she said, who's the president that's kind of giving me the side eye? And I said, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Theodore Roosevelt. And she calls, so she, she calls him President Side Eye now. So that's pretty she already good. knows. Uh, she already knows about the side. eye. Oh, yeah, oh, she, yeah. Does. she does. All that's right. One of the uh, one of the people who was there, one of the adults that was there overheard her and thought that was pretty funny. But uh, but yes. <laughs> I'm I'm back. I kept up as best I could with uh, with Minnesota sports while we were while we were driving across uh, across that big that big state. But uh, the big I think the biggest thing that's happened probably in the last week, at least as far as news goes, happened uh, conveniently yesterday when we learned that Nas Reed has signed a, a three year, forty two million dollar extension with the Timberwolves. Although the third of those years sounds like it's a player option, so he could opt out after two um patrick we'll get to the twins maybe a little bit of nhl draft here in a bit but that i don't know if that caught me so much by surprise i knew it was possible they could re-sign him and certainly they wanted to keep a player of that caliber but just as as you you know saw that news and saw that he's going to be here for at least a couple more years what what did you uh what did you think about that Oh, I'm a big admirer of him. Uh, He's uh, one of those guys that, uh, you know, not the most naturally gifted guy, but I think he, somebody told me he was from over there that since they first got him, he's lost 50 pounds. Is that right? Wow. Make himself this athlete that he, you know, he was the kind of big and slow and didn't have a lot of game. And if he ever shot the ball from three, you were saying, no, not. Right. I mean, he's as far as a guy just making himself a better player, we haven't had many examples like this around here. It's uh, and that's why you like to see him get his money. I saw some people saying, uh, that's too much money. Well, that's the NBA, folks. That's uh, you know, they were they were lucky to get it, get get him signed before uh, we find out actually what the market value might have been. So, uh, two they got him for two. They had to keep him, and uh, you know, two years from now, uh, when is when they, when he can opt out, we'll, we'll, we won't. It'll be very interesting what this roster looks like because uh, they can't afford them all. So no, uh, it'll be it'll be uh, you know they can't afford they can't afford Cat Gobert, 
uh, McDaniel's and uh, and uh, and, and, Edwards. and Edwards. Yeah, they can't afford them all, so somebody will have move. And in likelihood, to me, that still remains Cat would be the guy that would move because you're not going to get anything for Gobert. And uh, uh, if 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 you know if Cat moves, they need Nas, right? They need yes. they need him. They need that guy. So uh, he's still uh, he's still young. He's still uh, uh, prime of his career and a very much improved player. And he competes like crazy. Been hurt a couple of times. He goes down for a few games here and there, but. Uh, He's uh, if if you're gonna run it back as it now seems that they might, you got to have him to be part of it. I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he showed how valuable he was last year, both both in playing and then in his absence when he got hurt towards the end of the year last year. They they really did miss him. I don't think they don't think they have the year they had last year anywhere near it. If he's not on the roster when Cat was out, he was quite quite good. Now, I guess that the big question, like you alluded to, is. You know, he's he's somewhat of some cat insurance now. If you do feel like you have to trade towns at some point, you've at least got kind of a, a succession plan or someone in place who can who can play that that starter role. And it's more probably a more natural, probably more natural four to me than than towns is, even though they both have played the five and the four here some. It seemed like he his alongside Gobert, the fit with with Reed seemed better at times last year just with what he's able to do at least offensively i think he's got some defensive liabilities but you know i think you know if we if we look at a a recent parallel where the vikings had dalvin cook and alexander madison and cook got expensive and they decided they didn't want to pay him anymore they moved on from him and kept madison feels a little bit like a Similar, but not quite the the same track. But I, does this hasten Towns's departure? Or do you just do you feel like this is, or or do you feel like this is just hey, you can never have too many good too many you can't have too many good players, and you you know you know that Towns and Gobert will probably miss some time, and even when they don't, you're going to need somebody who can fill in in minutes in both of those spots. I would say B more than that. He's uh, you know you just can't you know. He can't go into next season without uh, without that third big man, and and he's a really good one. So uh, that's uh, I th- I think that's the thing. It it'll it'll be uh, there. Really is not uh, you know sounded like a month ago that boy the big rumors going into the draft would be uh, who's going to get uh, even though the trade can't be announced till July seventh. Right. Who's going to get Carl Anthony Towns and. And I, I still go back to last year in the Gobert trade and the fact that we have no idea what Tim Connolly's up to. But this was a hint that uh, perhaps he's up to, uh, you know, trying to, if he, if he can't really make a good deal. Somebody, uh, you know, now the third is, boy, if they don't get what they want, if they don't get really quite a bit for Cat, they're not going to trade him. Well, they're not going to, there's no way they're going to get back what they gave up for Gobert. No. Uh, you know, if you can get, if you can get one better draft choice than uh, than you gave away here in this uh, in this in the cat trade, uh, you'll you'll be lucky, and then you'll, you're you're going to have to take back an expensive player too. So I don't know. I still I I, I kind of like Portland as a possibility. People are talking that up a little bit. Somebody to play with Damon Lillard, but yeah. then and then then you also hear that Portland just wants to get younger, and if Damon doesn't like it tough bananas you know so maybe they'll trade him i i don't know but if they want to 
if they want a second star to go with uh with a Lillard, then Cat uh, would seem to be a pretty good choice. Maybe, maybe we already traded him. Maybe we got Scoot. Maybe we got Scoot. Maybe we, we just don't know. know. Yeah, because well, they can't trade Cat until <clears throat> if if they were going to trade him, they can't trade him till July seventh because of the contract stipulations. And now the NBA, like the free agency period starts Friday, and then there's like a moratorium until where you can officially sign players isn't until July sixth. So it's 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 interesting. I. The thing I keep coming back to, and I've brought this up to a couple different folks, is like if if we think they have to trade somebody eventually, <clears throat> and that that kind of point is coming certainly next year when you know when Cat's contract kicks in, like we've talked about Edwards extension, McDaniel's extension kicks in, and now you've got Reed on the books for you know fourteen million dollars a year, which doesn't seem excessive to me, but it is another contract that wasn't accounted for when you were kind of doing all this math before like what what's the what's the what's the real what's the ceiling of this year's team is it worth it to go through it all this year and see how good you are if you think you probably have to break it up anyway 12 months from now yeah that's uh, that's kind of my bottom line too is uh you're gonna run it all back okay you got a 37 year old point guard who's uh now you're a regular and i like Connolly as much as anybody maybe going into the playoffs, but he's not going to hold up for a, a whole regular season. He's no. had injuries in the past. He's got to get time off. He can't, you know, is, you can't, you can't, you can't run the show for 32 minutes a game and there is nobody behind him. You can't even talk to talk about bringing Jordan McLaughlin back as horrible as he was when he played last year. He was hurt a lot too, but uh they uh they uh, how do they go how do they go get a point guard that's they, they can't go out and buy one they can't get one uh, right they, they got to discover one or trade for one right and uh that's uh you know so i i don't uh i i don't see you're running it back uh you should be better you know you should be better go if you, you run it back and go bears maybe got a little better idea how to play with these guys but uh, everybody talks about Cat. You know, Cat tried to play with the guy, but it's it, as limited as he is. You uh, you know, it's hard to figure out how to play with the guy, especially when he clogs up the. You know, when he's down low, he clogs everything up. He brings players to the lane to, you know, to, he takes a lot away from Ant. Ant. Ant, in my opinion, because Ant yes. can't get the basket as much when Gobert's on the floor, so. I know, you know, everybody wants to, you know, rip Finch and, well, he's got to figure something out. Well, good luck to him. He's trying to figure out one of the most complicated things in NBA annals to me, trying to figure out how to get Gobert into this. Now, Gobert was better when Connolly got here, but uh, I don't know. I think they're, uh, what, the West, the way the West is going. Some of these teams are getting better. Sixth, seventh place is the maximum they might. You know, if their maximum might be avoiding the plan tournament and finishing sixth or something, but it, I don't see them winning more than 45, do you? 45, 46, something like that. Like, I, I could see a little bit more. Like, I could see, you know, I think I, I think their ceiling might still be, you know, flirting with a, a fourth, a four seed maybe, just because I don't know how good the West is going to be. Um, but, yeah, we, we if we thought that their ceiling before – last year was you know maybe 50 wins in a top and a top four seed like i just didn't see it enough 
last year and cat was hurt a lot so we, we we don't know and but but when when and when they played together cat and gobert wasn't wasn't good maybe there's room room for improvement there it's just a lot of ifs if 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 there a lot of things would have to go right and and even if everything went right i just i don't see this as a team that's going to be better than denver or better than you know better than a lot of the other teams better than you know now that uh <clears throat> now that the warriors have have chris paul like they're they're kind of gearing up for kind of another another go through another another run at it so yeah that, that's that's it to me wouldn't you rather it, it, it's not like it would be a wasted year to kind of go for it this year but it, it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like this is financially sustainable to keep this roster together and b it doesn't feel like even if you were on it, even if you wanted to go or were willing to go into the luxury tax, that this is the roster that you're going to go there with. Because I just don't think the ceiling for this core of three or four high-paid players is is good enough, especially without a point guard. Eventually, that, that's that's the big one, like you said. Yeah, it's uh, the other thing is, uh, Finch said this a few times last year, uh, late especially late in the last season, the lack of maturity. Yes. Team. Uh, and uh, are they going to show up against the dogs? You know, they're the maturity. The best sign of the maturity of this team is the way they played against bad teams. They just, you know, okay, we right. gotta get off the, get off your uh, the privately owned plane that you fly on, go uh, stay in your four-star hotel and then uh, show up at the arena and don't give a damn and uh, play like much. And they, you know, they're going to have to prove to us that that's not going to be the case again. Yeah, you know, that is. There is some maturity here. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like as a whole, you don't say, boy, this guy's, you know, I mean, he got rid of Russell. That was great. You know, he's an idiot. But uh uh, that that was one reason you were bad against the bad teams because he probably wasn't interested. But uh, it, it's I don't know. You, you don't look and say, "Boy, this guy's a dog. He's going to not show up tonight." But a lot of them didn't show up in those games against good teams. I think Ant's got to get way more consistent too. It's yeah. Smart. Everybody talks about it's Ant's team. It's Ant's team. Yeah, it is Ant's team. Yeah, and it's very erratic because yes. Ant's very erratic. And he gets that look in his eye when a game's on a line, and you know he's going to throw up a twenty-six foot shot and miss it. You know he's uh, he's uh, he, he's still a very immature player. And my, I mean, I love his yes, talent. Yes, I agree. But he's a very immature guy, and he's part of the reason that uh, he got an immature team. So, yeah, and I think Cat still got maturity problems too even after what eight seasons in the league that's still a problem with him too it's 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 if your leaders are like that and you know and honestly i think gobert is kind of immature too you see him do things on the court little cheap shot things like i they they do need you know if that's kind of your if your core and you know jaden mcdaniel's obviously you know punching a wall that you know that <laughs> that's not great either like if that's your core they do have to take a major step forward in you know, not just the outward display of emotion, but the professionalism that it takes to grind through whatever you want to call it. Like just put in a professional effort against the teams that aren't, you know, aren't very good in the standings. Because if you don't, like you said, they they got beat a whole bunch of times by, by those teams, because even if they aren't very good, like the margins are still fairly thin. If you don't, even if you're competing at 80 to 90 percent, you're probably going to get beat by those teams. Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, there's. It's a deeper league now. Like 
I mean, the Wolves showed that last year when Luca Garza and some of those guys showed up from uh, Iowa and played pretty good at yes. times. And uh, you know, there is there is there's more players floating around that. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a product of the fact that. You, you, you never know when you're going to go in an NBA arena and they decided not to use three of their stars, you know, so right. these other play. And I bet those teams don't always get beat, <laughs> you know, they right. show up and they show up and play. And uh, it is still a league. Uh, you know, if, I mean, everybody likes to pick on, pick on them, the NBA for lack of effort, but it is still the league that, you know, in an 80 game season, there's going to be 20 games where the team doesn't show up, and that's yeah. uh, and then, and you got to reduce that number for a long. If you're not going to show up, don't show up against the team that's going to kick your butt anyway. Right. You know, <clears throat> yeah. Right. A mutts and beat right. them. Show up against Detroit, which is tanking. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, go ahead and go ahead and get blown up by. No difference between getting blown up by 40 or losing by six. Go ahead and just get get your doors blown in if you want to in one game. Make sure you make sure you win the gimmies so you don't uh, don't get to the end of the year and you're you're kicking yourself. Well, we'll we'll see where the we'll see what the roster winds up. I mean, outside of a trade now that they can't really do a whole lot else aside from the extensions they need to do and, and things like that because you know Reed is pretty much going to be their that's their biggest off season signing just based on what we know of the of the salary. I mean, maybe they can, maybe they can do something very small to upgrade it at, at backup point guard, but there's just not much, not much room left for them to, uh, to do anything else. So this is kind of who they are unless there's, unless there's a trade and that, that wasn't good enough last year, but maybe with health, a big question mark with everybody that will, uh, that will get better. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Speaking of of health and things that kind of stay the same, I thought maybe my long drive to South Dakota would um, shake something loose different with the Twins. I was hoping there'd be a different narrative for the Twins when I got back, but it's the same thing. I just read this morning, saw the headline in uh, StarTribune.com, Joey Gallo, uh, what was the headline? Twins Gallo knows he's striking out a lot, but he believes the homers will come. Isn't that pretty much the whole team? Isn't that the whole philosophy right now? Yeah, it was, AJ was on the game uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Or maybe Sunday, Saturday. I guess AJ was on a game, and they were just working over the Twins. Something fierce about if they don't hit a home run, they don't score any runs. And uh, yeah, pretty. They're 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 and how. Then I heard the Nesson guys the other day saying this team just no longer is is the game has left them. You know. Yeah. Like, the game is being played has left the twins and uh they're still trying to you know beat you by hitting home runs uh with guys who are frankly no longer productive players i mean kepler kepler did everything he could to get released or traded and they, he's still here and yeah got conference and gallo is a joke i mean they get it's he's gonna 
if he if they keep playing him every game, he's going to strike out. Uh, you know, five hundred. If he gets five hundred plate appearances, he's going to strike out two hundred times. Yeah, it's amazing. He's unbelievable. <clears throat> he, he, and if you watched over the weekend and and you watched the Black Hills, you weren't. But every <laughs> yeah. ball they threw him, he missed by a foot. He can't hit a curveball. No. And, uh, that's, and he had a good fastball, so that doesn't leave much room, you know. If, if even if somebody hangs a curveball, he misses it. It's unbelievable how right. I that's the one thing. Well, not the one thing they did this off season, but the one I could never figure out. Why do you want him? Why do you want him? He's a big. He's a good athlete though, for a six foot seven guy, but so what? Why do you want another strikeout artist? It was just right. idiot. It was just, I mean, it's just, I, I can't figure it out. And, you know, Rocco was, uh, you know, a month ago telling me, oh, man, he, you know, how, how they like this competing. He's really a hard-nosed guy and all that. Yeah, but what difference does it make? He strikes out all the time. And uh, you can't move a runner. You can't do anything when he's, when he's, uh, when he's playing. It's, it's just stupid. And they're striking out. They might set an all-time major league record for strikeouts. This team, and yeah. uh, they've got 807 in 79 games right now. Uh, I had their stats pulled up, and Gallo leading over, them in strikeouts: 78 strikeouts and 170 official at bats. That's not quite half the time, but it's not uh, far off. And he's hitting you know, batting average isn't everything these days, but he's hitting 182. Um, Taylor strikes out a lot too, man. I didn't really quite realize that. He's got nine walks and 75 strikeouts this year, yeah. 203 at bats. He's a very good center fielder, and he once in a while pops up and hits a home run, but he's a, what's it, batting average? 210, 212. 212. Yeah. I mean, so many regulars are down there. Kepler, 207. Correa, that's still a problem, 216. Buxton, 206. Taylor, 212. Gallo, 182. You know, Larnick 211. Like Willie Castro is leading the Twins in war among position players. <laughs> 1.7. In fact, he's got he's got more than twice his his war is twice as high as either Correa or Buxton. Um Ryan Bye. Jeffers number two in war on the team, by the way. Lewis, Royce Lewis already tied for third among position players in war. We have to uh uh they have to Jeffers more and Vasquez less. I yes, don't, I don't care what they think about handling pitches and stuff. Jeffers is fine behind a plate. He did a lot of work to try to improve himself. He did a lot of work to try to improve himself as a hitter, which had nothing to do with the Twins. He he did it on his own. <laughs> he away from David Popkins and the boys, and did it himself in the off season. And uh, but here I had this thought watching yesterday's game. Okay, well, Correa. Uh, his first five, three at bats, he made five outs. He hit into two double plays. There's still a run down. Okay. He up. Dick's getting all excited. They're going to tie the game, and he hits into the most routine double plays. Now he hit 13 double plays. But if he stays this, if this is him mm-hmm. this season, they cannot be good at the play. They cannot be a. They cannot be a competitive hitting team. If this guy is going to be this rotten, because you got Buxton, you know what you got. You got a, you got the new Sano and Buxton. It's, it's, it's the way he hits now. He tries to hit home runs. 
he doesn't he's not a contact guy at all uh kepler is useless uh you know the Kirilov is not been as good as i'd hoped he'd had a few uh few decent spots but uh you cannot have him hitting three and four and making ungodly a number outs and not not right. doing anything it's it's just i mean he's got to be he's got to be a star he can't be an owl he can't be a right deficit yesterday he comes up he ends up and then he made another out and he was over four but he scored the lead you know how he got to second base by making the last out in the ninth that's how he got <laughs> that's the only way he could get to second base was by making the last out in the ninth inning he's been terrible as a uh, as a hitter and you know he's a great shortstop but you can't be paying 200 million dollars no. for track record and have him be a complete stiff at the plate which he is it's uh it's brutal it's half it's now longer oh yeah wait until he gets hot you're halfway through yeah. the season for god's it is. sake it's halfway it's 40 and they're 40 and 39 and this isn't like yeah. this isn't like a small sample size anymore this is like you say half the season and they're Still in first place by mercy of the AL Central's putridity, but it's yeah, I I don't I just don't know. I I'd, I'd hope there would be a new a new kind of evolving storyline with them. By the way, have you gotten any more mileage out of Popkins pop guns? Is that catching on at all? Imagine, I'm, what what are they waiting for? I mean, they son, you know, you with all you knew of somebody, you know, who once batted in the major leagues. You know, call up Molly and say, Molly, we for, will you forgive us for <laughs> his manager and come back and be our hitting coach? Right. Somebody, somebody help them. It's uh, they. That's the thing that drives you the craziest. There have been no consequences. They just sit there and ro- roll with it as though things are going to be different. They run their right. heads at the wall, and as things are going to be different, it's uh, but what's going to change? Gallo's going to strike out all the time. That's not going to change. I mean, they're, your best hitter right now is Donovan Solano. Yes. What's yeah, <clears throat> ball And uh, doesn't strike out too often. Lewis has been okay. Lewis is not Mr. Clutch for sure, but uh, he's easy to he's easy to get out too. But if you, I, I saw a very good quote today in uh, Bobby Nightingale's piece down there. And read it. It's Lewis saying, uh, they they want you to, they want us to wait to get wait for a pitch that we can drive, but this is the gist of it: wait for a pitch that we can drive. But by doing that, I was zero two way too often. So now, yeah. <clears throat> so he's basically saying, I stopped listening to these idiots. That's yeah. All so uh, it's uh. It is. Uh, I. I mean, it, it's disgusting. Their uh, the way their approach at the plate is just disgusting, and they just keep rolling with it. They just keep sending Joey Gallo out there, and I guess I don't know. Yeah. As long, you know, as long as Larnick, why is Larnick and St. Paul and Joey Gallo out there striking out all the time? Why don't you just have Larnick here? He can. He's going to strike out too, but he's young. He's gonna. He might get better. Joey's not getting any better. No, he is what he is. Um, and, it, and it's and it's the worst and it's the most prone to strikeout guy in the history of Major League Baseball. That's what he is. 
I, I, I found that Lewis quote you were referring to. He said <clears throat> he's only in his last seven games. He's 12 for 26, 12, two homers, a double, only three strikeouts. He's got his average up to 333, by the way. He said, honestly, it's a mindset, talking about lowering his strikeout rate, not waiting for a pitch you can drive because these guys are going to execute. If they dot one up for you on the outer third, that's 0-1. Then they do it again, 0-2. Okay, great, now you're 0-2. Now you're battling and you're looking for a pitch to drive at the same time. That doesn't work. I looked at where some of our plans were going and how the pitchers were pitching us, and they weren't attacking us with our plan of getting a mistake. I was like, why don't I just start being aggressive, putting the ball in play? I know I can at least touch it and go to right field. Yes, it doesn't sound like he's in for the plan, does it? That is an indictment of the Popkins Pop Guns plan, that's for sure. So, uh... A very interesting quote to, uh, that uh, that deserves some attention because yeah. he said, you guys want me to sit here and wait for a ball to drive. Uh, that tells you about the whole philosophy, too, of uh, waiting for we're still trying to sit there and hit home runs when yeah. that's not the game anymore. We're not, they're not playing with a golf ball anymore. No. Playing with an actual baseball, so and you could you can do that sometimes against some pitchers, but you need you need some variance in your approach depending on who you're who you're going against, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing this year. Like when <clears throat> when it goes well, they can score eight runs in the game if they got somebody they can handle, or you know a few guys get a hold of one. But there's just been so the swings in production from eight runs to one run to six runs to two runs to no runs. It's just there's no. There's been very little middle ground or consistency to them. And, you know, it's only the it's only really still the part is the starting pitching and a couple of relievers that are that are carrying them both for the most part. Yeah. Thursday, uh, of course, Buxton hit those two gigantic home runs. Correa hit one. Uh, Joe Ryan pitched a shutout. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> And it was the new uh, twins getting ready to storm out, storm out on a road trip here after that wonderful performance then they went to detroit and uh they scored three runs i think in the uh on friday in the second inning friday and the next 12 innings they had one run five a double four singles and struck out 17 times same i figured it out they you can't play baseball striking out more than any team in history no, and but this is the highest. They're going to be the first team to go over sixteen hundred strikeouts. Nobody's yes. ever, nobody's, no teams ever struck out sixteen hundred. No. no, they're going to do it. I'd have to keep Joey. They're going to have to keep Joey in a lineup if they want to set that prestigious. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, I don't know. They're just. I mean, I I wrote a column Sunday saying, "Hey, Rockwell's not the problem," but yeah. If he's if he's all in on Joey Gallo playing every day, then then I guess he's part of the problem. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't. I, I don't, don't get it either. I don't understand, you know how they wed themselves. Here, the question becomes: Are these the guy? You know, it, it, it's going to become here if this continues because they now got Atlanta, Baltimore. Yeah. So who knows what the record will be when they come home because they. You know, the good pitching they're about to face. They can't hit bad pitching in Detroit. What are they going to do with good pitching? Right. But the question becomes, are these the guys? Do they know what the hell they're doing? Yeah, you know, I know. After the season. I mean, I've lightened I likable fellas, Falvey and Levine, and uh, 
And I don't think Joe Pullhead's going to be the guy that storms in and fires them. But uh, I don't know. You got to you got to take a look at yourself here. That uh, that this is you, you know uh, the way the game's evolving now is uh, you know to, is just going away from the you know home run yeah. or not nothing philosophy, and they're still the one team trying to do it. So. You mentioned AJ. I'm supposed to have him on a show later this week. That should be a uh, that should be fun. Maybe reminiscing about the old times, but also uh, probably get into this year's team too. Okay, get on him. Tell him Ricey tells him this. Okay, okay. Sheriff Hughes. He's another guy that says, "I hope they modify the shot clock for the postseason so <clears> the big <throat> ones can breathe." AJ. There was so damn much breathing in those <laughs> that nobody watches anymore. The, <laughs> dude, the best thing about these changes is you might have a World Series game that gets over in three hours and 10 minutes instead yes. of 425. The postseason is the number one reason to have these rules. Right. To get the game moving. And I, I, Ploof said that too, and now yeah. I hear that. That's kind of the new narrative. We have to have these moments breathe. Yeah, well, if they're breathing at 11 o'clock at night and everybody's in bed, what the hell good does it do you? Yeah. You don't get to the NBA Finals and suddenly they have more than 10 seconds to shoot a free throw yeah. or more than 24 seconds to get a shot off, and the, the shot clock stays the same in the NBA. It's it's fine. Listen, and I might write about that this this week. A couple of years, years ago... I, had, I used to talk regularly with Jim Cott, yeah. and Jim Cott thought the uh, it was a genius. He thought the only solution was to play seven inning games, yeah, and know that it was so bad. And then I had Johnny Castino earlier this year wanted the three balls, three strikes, which yeah. I kind of would have would have get more hitting back into the game, I think. But uh, we we needed. We were thinking of all these radical things. What can we do to speed up the game? Baseball figured it out. Yes. They did it with a shot. They didn't have to change the game. Right. They did, as it turned out, they didn't have to change the game. Right. And it, it was genius. And we never give credit to baseball for anything genius, but this is genius. And then we got uh, old players wanting the – moments to breathe there's too damn much breathing in baseball. let's have less breathing in baseball we proved you could play that way and they were talking about pitcher injuries well there's a story i think verducci did it for sports illustrated 51 percent of all pitchers went on the disabled list last year now i don't know if that's just the guys you know if they were established ones sure. so it's not, nothing it's not any different this year it's they're getting hurt because of the variety of the, the velocity they're throwing and the variety of pitches they're throwing and, and the maximum effort on every pitch. That's why yeah. they're getting, not because they got to throw faster. It's, I mean, to, to not throw more rapidly uh, uh, as far as seconds is concerned. It's, it's no, they're, you know, the injuries aren't any more grievous this year than they were last year. So. No. Um, really quick, Patrick, before we go, we got the NHL draft. This week, um, Sarah McClellan's going to join me, I believe, on Tuesday show to talk more about that. But pretty good uh, gopher prospect could be a, a first round pick, maybe even top 15. Oliver Miller, we got to find out what the wild are going to do. 
Miller sounds like he's pretty pretty good one coming in for Motsko. <laughs> he's he had Cooley stayed. Cooley yeah. was like third or fourth overall and a great player. And and then he's got another one coming in from Boston, took away from all the Boston teams, who's uh supposed to be he's as highly rated as Cooley and as more highly rated than more, but I think that's for next year. Okay. But this he said, but but he's a Boston kid, and you got BU and BC and all the Eastern schools just just panting for this kid. I can't remember what his name is now, but he was telling me about him that he's like he might be the first overall draft choice next year, apparently, and he might end up coming here. So wow, I mean, he's gonna he's supposed to come here. He's only he can't sign yet, but he's verbally uh, verbally committed to come here. They are killing it recruiting wise, and. Now all they got to do is show up for the third period. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> game. I saw that the Quinnipiac, uh, I was flipping channels last night, yesterday about 5 o'clock, and the, the Quinnipiac Gopher game was being replayed at 5.30 on ESPNU. I bet that didn't have a very good rating. In the no. Especially in the later stages of it. It did not. Still don't know what happened then, but uh, they are loaded with talent, that's for sure. Yeah, that was, that's funny you mentioned that because when we were on our trip, there was one of the one of the restaurants we were eating at. It was like more of a like a bar bar restaurant kind of place, and they had a bunch of TVs on. And they were for, for some reason, I guess this time of year, there's not much programming. They were replaying the wild wild Dallas game four, and it was wild was up two one in the series. It was like man, those were optimistic times. Weren't they? Those were those were the good old days. Tom Reed was Tom Reed was wondering how late in the spring he should keep his ad at his staff on. He turns, was, uh, turns out he, it was mid to late April. I said to him uh, before game four. Uh, I ran into him. I said, "You, you got to kind of hope they lose tonight because so you can extend it, so you can get extra. You know, then you yeah. get the." You get you don't want them to win it in five, then you don't get the you don't get the game six. He says. I'll take this one and I'll take this one and win it and give up game six for the next series. Right. So he was, uh, and just think of how much money those stiffs cost the boys on, 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 uh, on uh, West seventh by uh, choking the last three games. What are we going to, what's, what's their narrative on the Russian now? Does he not show up in the big in the when, when the game season's on the line? What do you get one goal in this? Yeah, well, the thing is, he'd been really good in the postseason last year. You know, the previous year, and I think pretty good in the in the time before. So I don't know what to I don't know what to make of it. I think I still think he's I don't know if he was hurt last year or something. I mean, he came he came back from that injury late in the year. Although you see a lot of guys in the NHL just step right back in. So I don't know if that's more as much of a factor in in that league or not i I don't think it's a narrative until it happens again let's put it that way if he does it again this year when uh he came down on the power play and didn't score and then about a half minute later now wide open in game four he had a wide open net and he missed it and they you know that was i think the game was tied then and uh yep wide opening net and dallas ended up winning that game and uh it was all over it It was was all so yeah, I got a, a lot of Minnesota kids in the NHL draft, and uh, you know, there's you know the hockey crowd is uh, certainly interested in it, but I can't sit there and watch uh, an NHL draft when I don't know who ninety three percent of the players. But then again, 
I didn't know 93% of the players in the NBA no. draft this year no. either. Once we got past the big Frenchman, that had to be the most boring draft in the history of the NBA. Who the hell were this collection of nobodies? It was a waste of time, that draft, as far as who are these people. But uh, we love – but the other thing, I think, uh, just to expand on that point one bit, I don't think this D League is doing much for building up players for the NBA draft. I mean, yeah. you're already missing a lot of college players, right? You don't you don't have the college players who we, hey, I got to go, go see uh, – I mean, you know, I wonder where he's going to go. And now you're getting G-leaguers that are going ahead of the college players. Yeah. And we don't know anything about G-leaguers because nobody in history has ever watched a G-league game on television. <laughs> their, their rating is, there's first of all, there's 200 people in the stands if they're lucky. And B, their national TV rating is like 0. 0.01, you yeah. know? So uh, no, we don't know who the hell he's in. Scoot, no. we got Scoot. Well, what the only way we know Scoot is if you watch the one minute video. You don't know if right. he can play. So. It's all highlight videos these days. Well, um, highlights of this show were many. Uh, Patrick will do it again next Monday. Appreciate it as always. Be well, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, Mike.